What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Guest Friday, uh, Not Your Average Boston Sports Podcast. I am your host, Garrett Hayden. As always, you can listen to the pod on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can follow the social pages on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, so today on Guest Friday, we have a returning guest, uh, my good friend, Andrew Lydon. Andrew making his second appearance on Guest Friday. Uh, Andrew, you're actually the inaugural guest on Guest Friday all those months back. So it's great to have you back. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to get into it. Uh, you know, we talked Patriots uh, the last time we were on the podcast and uh, we're here talking the same thing. So uh, you and I and a couple people made our way out to uh, Patriots training camp uh, over the weekend. That was uh, the, the last day that everyone practiced without pads which, you know, hard, hard, to, hard to glean a lot from a practice without pads, but it still was, you know, interesting. That was uh, the first time I'd ever gone out to training camp, um, and it was a, a great experience. So, uh, yeah, just tell me, you know, overall thoughts from, from going out there. Yeah, like one thing you mentioned is it's been quite a while since I saw um, any Patriots practice, and so real treats get down to Foxborough. Um, great to see the team. I feel like this is a year of um, lots of excitement, but also lots of unknowns um, where the Patriots are going to be. Um, you know, we have a lot of free agent signings last year. Um, we have Mac Jones coming in as a rookie quarterback, really strong midseason push. We kind of fizzle out and, you know, don't necessarily have the season that maybe we would have wanted to, but frankly got beaten by a a better Bills team towards the end of the year, as we were also probably not as healthy as we could be in a few other factors. But I think people would generally say that we got beaten by a better team um, at the end of the year last year. And so we come into a new year uh, now with Mac, you know, second year on the team. You look at the Bills, who are really the team to beat in the AFC East. There's a lot of unknowns between us and the Dolphins, uh, both from our, our player personnel, like how a lot of those key players are going to move into their second year some of those big free agent signings, but then also Mac, but then also a lot of new coaches or old coaches coming back from, you know, real NFL experience, head coaching experience, and how are they going to integrate with the staff? Um, so, you know, it's just a really interesting year and, and being able to see the team up, up close and personal, I, I get, I'll, I turn it over to you to kind of learn a bit about your experience, but absolutely love being there. Nothing was extremely surprising. You know, it was a no padded practice. So, uh, there wasn't a ton of flair or dramatics, but definitely some players that I saw that, you know, refreshed my mind about the team and, you know, really just got me excited for the upcoming season. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was great getting out there. You know, I thought the the whole experience was great. You know, we had a great, great vantage point, you know, great weather. Um, you know, I was pretty, pretty amazed at, you know, how many people made their way out there, you know, really showing me that, you know, clearly this team has a lot of interest has a lot of, you know, belief in the team. And I think, you know, despite some of the changes that this team is, is going through, I think specifically with um, the offensive coaching staff, you know, it's good to see that, you know, fan interest is still there and people are like still, you know, behind the team and still excited. So, um, you know, that was kind of a huge takeaway for me, just especially with, with the crowd. And then, um, you know, I think again, similar, similar to what you just said, I don't think there was, anything that really jumped out at me at anything that was, Oh, you know, this is surprising. Um, but I think just a good experience for, 
for me to get, you know, eyes on the team and kind of think about, oh, okay, you know, here are the different groupings that they're going to try. You know, that was one of the things I tried to pay attention to, uh, specifically when they did the red zone drills. Okay, what offensive grouping is out here? Um, you know, defensively, which guys in the secondary are out there? You know, what combinations are they looking at? Um, so, you know, that was a really interesting part. And obviously we'll talk, you know, more in depth, but I thought uh, it was a great experience. You know, I think if if we uh, try again next year, it'd be great to get down there for uh, full pads practice, but um, it definitely was a great overall experience. Yeah, and I think just a few call outs when you, when you talk about the goal line is, it seems like the question marks, at least on the defense, from what we, our discussions is, you know, who's going to be that second cornerback uh, to play opposite of Mills. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Jabril Peppers did not dress for our um, uh, for our practice specifically, but it seems like, you know, he's in the mix, McCourty's in the mix, Decker's in the mix, is like what exactly, I think, for the safeties as well, who are we going to be putting out there? Um, you know, I thought that's that was another question mark for me at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think d- definitely paying attention to the different position battles is huge. And I think that that's something that's become even more of an emphasis, I think, as the, the pads come on. Um, I think one of the things that um, that I noticed and this, honestly, wasn't even a wasn't even like a specific practice thing they were doing, but uh, just to see. Uh, Matt Judon, so excited to be around all the fans, you know, throwing the football at the crowd. Um, It just seems like he just has a great, you know, personality kind of feel for the game, a feel for the team. And um, he's just one of those guys that you you wish that he's here the rest of his career um, because it seems like he really enjoys it, really is, you know, someone that was easily able to be like in tune with the culture of this team yeah i mean great point i feel like with intangibles um born as well the wide out i just feel like he makes that locker room better he's a good leader he wants to be there he believes in the patriot way so i also thought that just you know born was another person that kind of embodies the patriot spirit even though they haven't been there that many years um just love having them around the team i think it's really good uh, for the organization yeah Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. You know, yeah. The guys that have been here, you know, not even a season or season or two or whatever it is. Um, I think offensively, one of the things that stood out to me, um, and obviously I don't know if this is necessarily a good thing, you know, when you think about how many times in practice when we watched that, um, you know, someone got through the offensive line and Mac Jones had to, you know, scramble his way out of there, which, you know, is kind of a little concerning offensive line wise, but, um, you know, then again, there's, there's no pads, so it's hard to kind of get a feel. But uh, one of the things I noticed a couple times is, you know, Mac kind of got out of the pocket, you know, scrambled around trying to, to improvise. Now, obviously that's not a, necessarily a huge strength in his game, but it was interesting to see that. And we saw it a little bit um, in the playoff game against Buffalo where it was like, okay, there's nothing going on in the pocket. He scrambles out, runs for 15 yards. And it's like, you know, no one's saying that he needs to be Patrick Mahomes running around in the backfield for 30 seconds. But, you know, he, I'm, I'm curious to see if that's something that we see 
built on a little bit where nothing happens. He rolls out, runs for 10 yards, get a, gets a first down. Yeah, and, and again, like, at least from my perspective, and, you know, I don't have any of the analytics in front of me, but it felt like maybe one out of every four turned out to be a, a scramble between Jones and, and the other quarterback that was active that day. So, again, I don't know if that's something they're working on or for whatever reason, but like you said, it seems like Max mobility was something we saw a lot of in that practice for better or for worse we saw it and again like he seems deceptively quick like when I was seeing him on the field I might not have in if I was virtual I wouldn't have known like how speedy he was I feel like he he did move pretty well um at that practice on Saturday yeah um you know one of the things that I kind of uh thought was crazy there was a great catch that uh, Jacoby Myers had in the end zone and it just is like it's one of those guys where it's just like his hands so sure-handed and just like will always come down with big plays. You know, I just feel like, you know, I don't want to compare him to someone like Julian Edelman, but it just seems like he's a guy, especially the last two years, every big play that they've needed, every absolute got to have it first down. He's almost always the guy that they look to. Yeah. I think just the Bears have always had good possession wide receivers, like, at least from when I've watched, like starting through Troy Brown, it might go deeper, but just being my age, that's kind of the earliest I've seen it. And then, you know, Edelman Welker, it really seems like he is polishing into like that 70 grabs to a hundred grabs a year. You know, if everything goes well is you can kind of pencil him in for that. And that's, you know, pretty stellar considering where he was drafted and his background story is um, he's a real asset to the team. He looked great out there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, so curious to see, you know, the, the growth in his game this year and, you know, the, the growth in, in, in Mac Jones's game, obviously. Um, one of the other, you know, interesting things I kind of noticed, so the Patriots, you know, obviously didn't make as many flashy signings as they did perhaps last offseason, but uh, one of the signings I thought was interesting was uh, bringing in Ty Montgomery, the running back wide receiver, you know, guy that kind of is a has been a Swiss army knife throughout, throughout his career. Um, and it was interesting to me to just kind of take a look at the usage that he had, you know, as he lined up in the backfield, um, you know, he kind of is a guy that might fill a, a Cordero Patterson type of role, which is something I think you said to me as we were watching, uh, watching the practice. Yeah. I think he just, uh, an athlete like that just creates a lot of dilemmas for the other team. Um, in short yard situation situations, but really in every situation and is something you game plan for. I just think he's a great person to have rostered. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see how they work him in there. You know, I do think McDaniels did get credit for being able to get athletes that didn't necessarily have a role well involved. I feel like he's, he historically did get a lot of credit for that within the Patriots organization. So, you know, as we move on from his leadership on the offense is, you know, how well do we integrate these positionless players, if you would? And, you know, Montgomery would be a great example of how well or unwell we do that. Yeah. And I also think, you know, even though Johnny Smith is listed as a tight end, you know, he's another guy where it's like he kind of is someone that I hope the Patriots can kind of unlock more of. You know, you didn't see him make too much of an impact last year. And it seems like, you know, he is a similar type of, you know, guy that, maybe doesn't play multiple positions, but can line up anywhere. You put him in the backfield. You can put him, you know, in the slot out wide, you know, on the, where the, like 
we're typically where tight ends line up. Um, so I'm curious to see, you know, what we see from him this year. I mean, hopefully it's an uptick in that production. Yeah, I, I was surprised um, in, a, in a negative way, I suppose, from his production last year. But I really am comfortable to wait and see with him. Like, I'm not hitting the panic button on Johnny Smith because it's just new offense, uh, rookie quarterback. You know, Henry's also out there. Like, I, I just want to give it another year before I say too much on, on Johnny. I just really, um, I really don't have an opinion. on. He's a great athlete. Mm-hmm. I don't know much else about him, but yeah, I'm very much looking forward to it. Again, like this is kind of a wait and see year for the Patriots is mm-hmm. like, I don't really know where we stand in the division. I don't really know how, you know, some of those signings from last year are going to pan out. Um, mm-hmm. But like very much optimistic and, you know, feel like they have, they, I mean, they have players, like they had players on that field on this roster. We have talent. It's just, you know, how well does that come together to, to win football games? You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. You know, I think that, um, you know, having the acquiring the two tight ends last off season was, you know, kind of a, a huge move. And, you know, it really seemed like Hunter Henry was the only guy out of those two guys that kind of really was able to acclimate himself really well and be a legitimate kind of red zone target. Although, you know, that is what his, you know, MO is, you know, Johnny Smith isn't necessarily like a big physical tight end that you look for down in the red zone you know he's kind of uh plays the position kind of differently you know, yeah he's getting the ball in space right instead of like an end zone target and i do feel like hunter henry is like if you're an end zone target you're an end zone target and like that kind of regardless of scheme like you kind of know what you're going to get out of him versus if john is in the wrong scheme or if he's not healthy or for whatever reason like i feel like his upside's higher but like there's two, there's a lot of fluctuation with him versus Hunter Henry. Like he probably doesn't move too much from year over year, but like you pretty much know what you're going to get out of him. Right. Um, again, I don't have any data in front of me, but that's just kind of like what I gathered watching them last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I would, I would definitely agree with that. Um, um, I was trying to think of any other kind of offensive thoughts that I had. I don't really think I have any, um, you know, uh, I would I would just say that 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 running the running back room right now they that that big back out of Oklahoma they they mean Harris James White might be coming back healthy you Ty Montgomery it just seems like man a lot of talent I, they even have that small back I forget his name uh, Taylor like just tons yeah, of talent yeah. yeah tons of talent in that room so obviously they can't roster all those guys but um, again just feeling really good about that position with yeah. Damian Harris I feel like he's just such a stud. Um, so yeah, I, I, that was one position group that I, I mean, you can't really see much from them in not like when they're non padded, but yeah, I feel really good about the running backs Garrett personally. Yeah. And honestly, that's not even mentioning the, uh, two running backs that they drafted this year. I mean, there's one oh, wow. uh, kid that they're high on, uh, Pierre strong jr. I don't know if we saw him. I think he may have been limited the day that we went to see, um, them practice, but I know that the, the team is, it's kind of high on him. Um, so, you know, he's a guy that I could think, you know, a whole, another guy that you could even throw into the equation. So clearly, you know, there's going to be some tough decisions they're going to have to make, um, in terms of that position. Um, you know, defensively, there are a couple things that stood out. Um, you know, there was one specific play where, um, I think they're working in the red zone and 
you know, Mac Jones is in the pocket looking and I see someone just jump straight up in the air. And I'm like, who is that? And I quickly look down at the, 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 you know, roster sheet that they give you. And it was Mac Wilson. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, he's a guy that comes to the Patriots kind of as kind of an intriguing player. You know, he and Chase Winovich traded for each other. You know, both guys kind of fell out of favor with the teams that they were on last year. And, um, you know, Wilson's kind of a bit of kind of a coverage guy. And, you know, I think that it's interesting that the Patriots, you know, took a chance on him, taking a chance on, you know, kind of a coverage guy, but he had, you know, as good athletic ability, which I didn't even know. So, um, you know, I'm curious about him. You know, I think that he'll definitely be um, in competition for snaps at that, you know, middle linebacker, one of those linebacker positions, or perhaps even being kind of a positionless guy. Um, so I was kind of, you know, impressed with that. And I think, you know, he's a guy that could be an asset to this team after, you know, coming off a, a Cleveland team where he didn't play much other than, you know, special team snaps. Yeah, I think organizationally, like there's such a long track record of the New England Patriots finding talented uh, early day draft uh, middle line or just linebackers in general mm -hmm. that didn't necessarily pan out with their first one or two teams come to New England, get a specific role to do what they're good at and have, you know, extremely productive seasons. And so, you know, there's other times that hasn't worked out, but I think generally like I do feel good about how well they convert uh, the Mac, you know, just like people like that out of the world. Uh, so that does give me some confidence. And like you said, great athlete. And certainly there, there's, there's, there's spots that he can help the team, whether it be on defense or special teams. Yeah. One of the guys that I like immediately thought of when you said that uh, was Mike Vrabel, you know, he came to the Patriots after um, some years in Pittsburgh, I think, and like, you know, really blossomed as a player, you know, I think that he and Mac Wilson are, are, are different players, you know, kind of different. Kyle Van Noy, the Kyle right. Van Noy is like, I feel like more, more likened to his game, but yeah, yeah, I know the, the list goes on. It's um, certainly they, they have a great track record with, with linebackers. Yeah. Van Noy is a great example. I can't believe I didn't think of that. That's why you got me on here. That's why I have a two-time guest. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course. Oh, you pay me the big bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there you go. You got to start giving your royalties. Yeah. Like even Roosevelt Colvin got paid out, but I feel like he also, he got better when he came here. And mm -hmm. um, so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I also feel like um, like that linebacker and, and Jabril Peppers, like those are people where mock drafts, like they had them going to the Patriots because we're always picking late. And those guys were always kind of in the conversation for like late first round picks. And so I'm sure Bill and like his staff have scouted these people you know, yeah. very, very deeply in college. And so I feel like when the door opens up, it's like, Hey, like we already really studied and know your game. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, if we feel like if they're bringing them in, I feel like, you know, they clearly want to see, they, they, they think something is there. So yeah, I definitely excited it to see how those two do this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Peppers is a guy that, you know, if he's, if he's healthy, I think that there's, there's no way that he's not going to be a big kind of impact player for this team. Um, I, know. You know, I think that he's just a guy that, again, I think is one of those positionless guys. And it seems like, you know, the Patriots and some of the league is starting to, you know, notice that, okay, these types of guys are really valuable. 
um, because yeah. of the offenses that we're seeing where there's so many different ways to attack and having a guy like Peppers who, you know, can pretty much line up anywhere on the field, um, giving you kind of a, just, a, just an athlete to defend, you know, is going to be, is huge. Yeah. I mean, these, these um, Lamar Jackson's of the world and, and, you know, people that can go sideline to sideline like Lamar Jackson, there's many others in the league. As I remember two years ago, we were playing the, the Ravens and literally just thinking like, we don't have the personnel and like, I mean, no one can contain Lamar Jackson, but like we need to get faster and younger on the defense. And I think, look, I think everyone's been saying that. And I think that they're making moves. Like you can't just completely retool a defense, you know, overnight, but I do feel like they're making steps to getting more agile. And I think getting some of these position, positionless players, some of these fast players, um, I think is like you said, very in tune with the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, thinking about the, the teams that you're going to play, you know, you're playing a, a Miami team twice a year that, you know, now has Tyree Kill and also has Jalen Waddle, you know, two right. guys that are two of the fastest receivers in the league. And, you know, you want to be able to have enough guys that can keep up with them, um, right. be able to, you know, be effective enough. So um, I thought a couple of other guys in the secondary had decent days. Uh, Sean Wade's a guy that I'm kind of, you know, intrigued about, they made the trade with Baltimore, I think last year, um, around this time, he didn't really play too many games. Um, but I think he's a guy that might be in competition, um, in that cornerback room. You know, we talked about the, the number two corner, which is kind of going to be the big kind of question mark for this team going forward. Um, you know, he and Terrence Mitchell are definitely going to be guys that are going to be battling for that position. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see with, you know, how they put that secondary group together. You know, you have Malcolm Butler that's also in there too. Um, you know, and then you, you have the rookies, you know, Marcus Jones and, and Jack Jones. So there's definitely a lot of, a lot of names in there that are going to be competing. Yeah. I'd say with, with the Patriots too, is it's not like, you know, some other organizations where, you know what they're going to run, like regardless of the personnel is like their teams and their coaches pretty much have like, they're a team that runs zone. They're like, they're a team that runs, man. Like this is a team that blitzes. Like we're a team that like completely will change how it runs its offense and how it runs its defense, like based off of the personnel. And so it's also like, all right, who, not only who do we put out there, but like, how do we strategically attack other teams? I mean, that could even change week over week, but I think generally within a year, you know, you'll kind of walk away and, and, and see where the Patriots are. And so also just like excited to see, you know, strategically, like how they go after this year. It's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I really think that um, the day that we went to see, I thought the secondary shaped up pretty well. And, you know, yeah. I think those are, that kind of was consistent with the first couple of days of practice that, you know, the secondaries had a pretty good camp. And, you know, I think it might be shaping up to be a group that might actually be a group that might be able to be solid enough to defend. You know, I think that there were, a lot of concerns after JC Jackson went to the chargers, but I think that they, you know, might honestly be in, in, in somewhat decent shape. You know, I think that's, that's the hope. And, you know, then again, kind of won't really know until we, you know, see the, the games in action in September, but, you know, at least it kind of tells you that, okay, you know, maybe the secondary might not be as much of an issue as we maybe once feared. 
That's right. I, I think I think that's that's valid. I think some guys on the defensive line need to make a jump. Um, mm. Like like a lot of people kind of need to put up or shut up that we've drafted that were either been hurt for a while, early picks that haven't produced, and so yeah. on the defense, it's that's another thing where a lot of people need to prove it. They have it seems like they have the talent. They've made plays, but like can they string together games or seasons? And uh, exactly. we'll see. But um, Yeah. I um, wanted to ask you specifically if there was um, a, a drill that they did that kind of stood out to you or, you know, something that you thought was interesting. Um, I think maybe what was interesting to me was like just watching uh, Patricia and judge and like how much they were communicating with bill. So I, I don't, mm. I don't mean to not to not answer the question as far as an actual drill itself, but the coaching and how they were communicating and how much specifically when the offense and defense were just like live scrimmaging, how much Patricia and bill were in nonstop communication about, you could tell about like what, what call, like what plays they were going to call, but like also just every type of communication. Um, I think that that, was surprising to me that it was Patricia and Bill chatting the whole time and that judge in the, a lot of the quarterback warmups and a lot of the offensive warmups was right behind Mac Jones and communicating with him. So it looked like, at least from what I could tell, judge is pretty heavy handed with working with Jones and the offense, Patricia and Bill looked like they were kind of pretty heavy handed on both sides of the ball. So it's just, again, you see these people, you see these people that have been around the, the organization a lot. You see how much Bill trusts them. It's, you know, it's cool to see, uh, but also, um, you know, I don't think he trusts a lot of people. And so like knowing that he does trust those two people, I feel like is, is, you know, encouraging. Then you see the Troy Browns, like the Steve Belichick's there, but <laughs> it definitely felt like Bill was at least what I saw, like predominantly communicating with Patricia and, you know, it's just good to see those guys back. Good to see him around the uh, organization. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that, um, you know, relying on the, on these two guys to be, you know, guys that you can trust. And I think, um, mm -hmm. you know, that was, you know, interesting bringing both of these guys back that, you know, are familiar with the organization and, you know, going with kind of a collaborative approach in terms of kind of offensive coaching, which I'm, you know, curious, hopeful that, you know, it can, it can work out. You know, I think uh, I talked about this on, you know, the podcast, the podcast earlier this week that, you know, having a collaborative, more kind of streamlined approach to the offense, you know, might help. You know, that's at least the hope. Um, oh, sorry, were you going to say something? No, I, I, I just know, at least in, like in, I think intuitively, like someone that was, people that are NFL head coaches and like, I'm like, obviously neither of them had successful NFL like as far as wins and losses. But if you oversee, you know, the entire, like the head coaching and the amount of, um, players, personnel groups that you oversee, and then going into one either side of the ball or one personnel group is like, realistically, these two are so almost overqualified for what they're doing. And like, just like having them wear multiple hats and like, just be a trusted advisor to bill is I think that their experience while not successful, like will have just given them such a, a fresh set of eyes to help the organization. I think it's great. And even as, as coaches, as ex NFL coaches that have just been currently scouting the Patriots, like they've been studying their strengths and weaknesses as well. And so not only will it be good to like 
improve and attack other teams, but like even to self scout and like look like this is how other teams are going to play us. You know, I think it'll be it'll be good to have them for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the uh, drills that I thought was was most interesting. Um, I don't remember what what point it was. If it was you know at the beginning, maybe it was in between. Um, there was a drill that they did that it was like a cornerback wide receiver one-on-one, you know, fake snap the ball, you know, no ball was thrown, but it was like a fake, you know, snap the ball. And then it's pretty much just a matchup one-on-one thing, you know, to see how guys got off the line um, at the snap. I thought that was very interesting. So there was a part where uh, Malcolm Butler, I forget who it was, he was matched up against, but uh, straight up pushed this guy out of bounds. And I was, (laughs) Like, I love to see the, you know, aggressiveness from him. Um, but it was neat to watch the different matchups, watch the different players. Uh, Trey Nixon, the wide receiver that the Patriots drafted um, in 2021, I thought that there was one moment where he got off the line really quickly. You know, he seems like a guy who's got really good quickness. And I think uh, he's a guy that might, you know, surprise the team in training camp or preseason. And maybe he gets a roster spot. Um, because I think you have, you know, the core kind of main four receivers that you think you're going to see with uh, Parker, Bourne, Myers, and Aguilar. Um, you know, Nixon's a guy that I could absolutely see putting himself in there as the fifth receiver or um, sixth receiver if they carry six receivers. Um, yep. Because I think one of the biggest things for me when I watch Patriot receivers is obviously they're not the big time, you know, quote unquote, number one receiver that everyone talks about, but um, they always get guys that are, that have very good, what I call short area quickness, where you can change direction really quickly. You get off the line really well, you know, giving yourself separation. And I think that, you know, in the past, there's some receivers that they've had on the team that have had a hard time with that. Um, So I'm excited to see if, if, um, Trey Nixon makes a makes an impact and maybe even makes the roster. Yeah, no, he was he was moving around out there a lot, making a lot of plays, doing some special teams too. So yeah, like you said, just being being gritty will get you a roster spot. So mm-hmm. um, also looking forward to seeing how he does this year. I'll definitely like I don't know about you, but like after going to the preseason, I or after going to the practice, like I definitely want to watch the preseason more intently now mm-hmm. to see who ends up getting rostered. So. Now they got me sucked in for the preseason as well. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I remember like when I was younger, I just would like have no interest in the preseason because I didn't know any of the players, but it's like, now that I've gotten older, it's like, okay, you know, covering, covering sports as like a career. I really do need to pay attention. Um, right. But I definitely agree. Yeah. Going to training camp and seeing those drills, you know, definitely make you think, oh, okay, you know, I'd love to watch this player's, uh, progression, you know, in, 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 in game situations. So, um, yeah, definitely be watching the, 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 the preseason games, uh, with great, uh, attention to detail. Who's the guy that you got the, uh, the audio, the autograph from what's that guy that no, uh, for the year? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brent, Brendan Schooler. Yeah. Shout out Brendan Schooler. We hope he, we hope he has a fantastic, long, successful and healthy yes. career. Great guy. I also would say that like, it reminds you that like, these are human beings. Like a lot of people had like their kids on the field after the game. And like Mm -hmm. a lot of people stuck around for like, for like, you know, to say what's up to the fans. And so like, and also when you're that close with, you can see their face, you can see their emotion. Like these are like real live people. And I think it's just good to remember that these are human beings Mm -hmm. doing their jobs, 
with their families and how much they clearly have to put in to be so good at their sport, you know, mind, body, and spirit. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great experience to go and um, definitely cannot wait for uh, the, the season this year. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Um, you know, great having you. Great having you back on the on Guest Friday. Can't wait to, to talk more with you, you know, as we get uh, into the season. And uh, yeah, any other, any other final thoughts you got? No, nah, man, just love the Pats. Super fun to go with you. And like you said, just, you know, can't wait for the year. Yeah, absolutely. All right, everyone, uh, you know, follow the, the social pages for, for updates and, you know, listen to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you know, rating, review on Apple Podcasts would go, uh, would go a long way. Um, all right, everyone, we'll talk to you next week.